Welcome to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Up next is me, myself, and I, second solo episode ever, but episode 74. Um, it's been a blast with countless guests and sometimes some guest repeats, but today I decided to give just a little life update, talk about my travels, talk about um, just some of the things I'm learning, a little bit about my marathon, and then, of course, I have to do a little bit of a TED talk about um, Jesus and emotions and life and all those sorts of things. So it was um, super fun to do this one. I complained a lot about the heat, still am complaining about the heat. It's very hot here in Florida and in the studio, but we made it through and I hope that you enjoy this episode and I hope the biggest thing you take away is the fact that sometimes your emotions can waver, go up and down, um, but that is not the indicator of where your life is headed. And so we also just need to be aware that um, life comes in seasons and not every season is bad. And so just hang tight um, in whatever season that you're in and trust that good is on its way. So anyways, you know what to do. Sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Welcome back to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Murata. Episode 74, riding solo today. Um, I have to say, it's probably the hottest the studio has ever been. So my apologies that I look like a grease pit. I'm sitting in a sauna right now. And it's a good thing I'm not wearing gray because you would see sweat, which is disgusting. And I don't know if I've like roped you into listening to this podcast by talking about perspiration, but I hope I have. But it is hot here in Florida. I don't know where you're listening or where you're from, but thank you so much for tuning in. Um, As many of you guys know who are um, privy more to seeing my personal life on social media, I have traveled nonstop since the beginning of this year. Um, I think I calculated like maybe 16 or 17 flights. And the reason why it might be an odd number is because I had a couple connections here and there. But um, I did Nashville four times. I've done Charlotte three times. San Diego was a blast. I'll tell a little bit about that on this show. And then I most recently went over to Europe, which was a blast. I am so thankful Um and humbled that I got to go on that trip. Not only did I get to go to Europe, you know, we go to England and then we spend a day in Paris. Like, what? Is this a movie? My life is a movie. The last day of my trip in England, I went and saw Adele sing in Hyde Park. And it was her first time in five years performing. And then like the next day after the concert, it's like, oh, Tom Cruise was there. Like, what? Like, I was probably standing next to Tom Cruise and just didn't know it. But honestly, I was actually sitting next to some other girls from the United States that I became friends with. But Tom Cruise, I was with you, boo. Uh, Anyways, the best part about traveling, and I have to say, there are some people that don't enjoy traveling. Some people don't like getting on planes. Some people don't like driving um, long road trips. Um, And I'm the polar opposite. But some of the things that I have learned while traveling is, number one, that our worldview and and the, the way we do things in our own personal life is so limited. It'd be like if you lived in a mansion and you spent most of your time in the mansion in like a closet in a room. And that's just all you knew. And then you kind of open the next door. Maybe you fly domestically and you're like, oh my gosh, like, okay, the world's pretty big. And then you go international and you're like, oh my word, I like literally live in a mansion. And that's what I would say traveling feels like. It feels like every 
twist and turn that you take on your trip is like another like, what? Am I in Narnia right now or am I just on the earth? Um, So that's just been like the cool part. What I loved about England, if you have the chance to go, is um, number one, the history. We don't have that history in America. Um, I think our country, I mean, I know our country was created or whatever in 1776, but like 1492 or whatever is, I keep saying whatever, like it's just whatever, you know, history, whatever. But anyways, Christopher Columbus comes to the States in 1492, discovers it. I know now there's a lot of backlash on like what actually happened when Christopher came. I'm not going to go there and get political with you. I'm just throwing around dates here. But you go over to England and it's like uh, oldest church is like 600 A.D., like what? Like that is like some rich history right there. And then there's just palaces and towers and and um, churches that are so old. One thing that I thought was um, interesting about the churches in England, like Westminster Abbey and um, St. Paul's Cathedral, is like a tomb site. It's like, oh, here's the house of the Lord, but don't worry, King Edward's buried right there. Like, okay, what? Like this is a little creepy here, but there's like hundreds and hundreds of people buried underneath these churches and not just buried underneath they have like these shrines within the church like it's very beautiful but like it's a little I mean like we're talking about like life and Christ and like death you know but whatever so England is super cool everybody in England is so polite and it could just be their accents that make me feel like they're polite then you hop over to France people said France was going to be dirty and a disappointment lies France was amazing um we Went to Paris. We took the Eurostar underneath the English Channel from London to Paris. Um, There was a lot of tourists or tourists there. And as soon as we got off, we had to take the subway system to Versailles, which is like another hour, I think, west. And we went to the Palace of Versailles where Henry VIII and Marie Antoinette all resided. And that was so spectacular. Like Things are made of gold, hall of mirrors, the gardens, insane I'll send or share pictures. But um, France was clean, but it could be because I went post-COVID. And France and I think Italy are the two countries that still require either a vaccination or a um, negative COVID test. I feel like I'm reporting live for like daily news today with some of this information, but I just want to kind of put out there. But needless to say, when we came back to England. We had two other days and Adele, we didn't know, uh, was going to be more like a festival. And the coolest part about Adele's concert on Friday. So we wake up from our hotel, we're staying close to Hyde Park or like overlooking Hyde Park. And we walk outside at like 9am and we hear Adele's voice and it's like lighting up the city. And you can ask my friend, like we legit walked over there thinking the concert had started and we somehow missed it. Like she looked at her tickets and was like, did it say 9am or 2pm? And because her voice was so angelic and like filled the city because it's just, she's incredible. And um, so we go about our day, we find out the concerts a little bit later. And then, you know, that night Adele comes on and there's probably not a dry eye. And everybody who knows me and like sees my stuff or, or listens to me and maybe has seen my post about this, but I'll echo like the post that I posted about Adele. It was so heavenly in the sense of like, you're listening to her live and you're like, this person has this much talent here on earth. How much more talent is there in heaven? Because her voice literally sounded out of this world. And you see hundreds and thousands of people gathered to listen to her sing. And 
I just felt like that was like a little glimpse of heaven. Just like, like, granted, we're not going to be worshiping Adele. We're going to be worshiping Jesus. But um, needless to say, it was like so cool to think that she is just a sliver, just a sliver of a reflection of who our God is. And then to kind of piggyback off of that, you think that with like sculpture and creativity. So we did the Louvre in Paris. We did, um, we did, um, what's it called? Oh. Queen Victoria and Albert's Museum in England, and they had a lot of casts, which cast, um, like a cast museum is replicas of the original. So like David, Michelangelo's David, the Nakey Noonie that's in Rome or whatever, that's like depicting him. Queen Victoria had her own version of that. It wasn't in marble, but it was a cast of that that was given to her as a gift from another country. And so she had that in there and like the specs were the same. It was as big as it, um, as big as the original, sorry. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, Think of how much creativity and how much talent Michelangelo had to chisel away at marble to make a whatever 10, 15 foot giant David or or the slaves that he did. Um, And so like looking at that again, kind of was like, wow, if we as humans are this creative and advanced, like how much more is God? Like how much more? is the God who created us so intricately, so differently. And then you start to look at people and you're like, oh my gosh, like not everybody over here looks like me. And then you, it just broadens your horizon and just encourages you that like your world isn't just your world. Like your world doesn't need to be that small. So I always recommend traveling, always recommend bougie traveling. I mean, I've gotten to do some pretty bougie things. Rewind past that um, pre-Europe trip. I went to San Diego. I got to meet a lot of the guests that came on Write It Down, which I was super thankful for. Um, people like Byron Scott and Willie Gull, Andre Reed, um, Marcus, of course, was there, Tim Brown, um, just some gems that were on the show. And then got to meet some new people like Jerome Bettis and John Elway. And um, I've met Dr. J before, but meeting him again was super cool. And I was just so honored to be able to be out there. Weather was beautiful in San Diego. It's You probably weren't sweating in a studio like I am right now. But I've just been overly blessed to be able to travel. But like I said, the takeaways that I have are life is a big gift. It really is. Life is a huge gift, and you get to relish in the life that you've been given. And... Um, your world is just not, the world is not that small. The world's actually really big. And then to think about that, the world's big, but then so is the universe. And then you just keep going out and you're like, wait, so is Milky Way galaxy. So is the galaxies outside of that. So how much bigger is God? And if God's motive is always love, then how big is God's love? Like that's just where my mind goes. But hey, I had some fun food and drinks, have to say, divine over in Europe as well. Uh, Next up, I think, potentially, if I book the flight tonight or in the next day or so, I don't want to say I think. That is the plan. I'm going to Vegas, which should be super fun. And my goal is to just keep traveling until I die and run out of money. So um, when I come home, I work, and I work really hard, and I work a lot of different jobs. And then when I'm gone, I'm like, sorry, Paris called, got to go. No big deal. Um, But then... For another update, the last time I did a solo episode, we were talking after I ran my half marathon and just kind of the 
the the hoops to jump through to get to that because when I was training for a full marathon, I got in a car accident and had a back injury. And then, you know, a year or two later, I get to run my half marathon. Well, now fast forward, I'm uh, training for a full marathon. I'm training for the Chicago Marathon. But I'm honored to be able to do this with the American um, Foundation of Suicide Prevention. And that's been super neat. So I joined a team. And I'm running with this team that's raising support, um, monetary support, and awareness for suicide prevention. And so that is in October. So as of yesterday, I ran 12 miles, and my miles are increasing, and my legs are hurting, and my toes hurt. And it's hard to to run when you travel. But um, I'm super honored to be able to do that. I've had some people reach out and um, talk about some of their struggles and ask for prayer. And I'm still... um, want to pray for you if you struggle with any mental health or mental illness or uh, mental health issues and have struggled with suicide or the loss of somebody um, or a failed attempt yourself because suicide is no joke and it is absolutely um, just one of the saddest things for sure is um, for the people in the wake of that to know that the person um, they loved felt like they should take their own life. And then for the person that took their own life to be in that, that much darkness to feel like their life doesn't have as much value or just being dead would be easier. And a lot of people have those thoughts and, um, yeah, I just want to be there for you and pray with you and, um, run for you. Um, if you struggle with those things. So those are kind of like the updates of, Brooke Murata's life. Um, one thing that I would like to spend a little bit of time on, I'm not going to um, do an hour-long podcast because, number one, I'm dying. <laughs> I think Marshall's dying, too. Like, like we. this might be our last day here on Earth in this heat because this is horrible. This is like, I literally feel like I'm in fire. I know. I'm sorry. I'm going to rush. I'm rushing right now. Can't you tell? We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com, and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says Learn More. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So, show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down, because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. So I want to spend a little bit of time talking about how short life is. Um, Probably, I'd say, three or so times a month. Whether it's a close, closer, not closer friend, but maybe somebody closer in my circle, or like a far-off acquaintance. Do I see a post on death, whether it's somebody that took their life, somebody that died suddenly, somebody that died from a sickness or a miscarriage um, on online? And the beauty of online is that we're connected. So we're able to encourage one another and pray with one another and be aware of what's going on. The other bummer that we know is we are getting an influx of information and of sadness. And so whenever I see that um, somebody has passed away, especially someone more towards my age, I'm like, wow, like that's insane that like 
I didn't know when the last time I was going to see that person. And we recently talked about this, I believe it was episode 71 um, with Kim Stone. And we talked about Haley Sue and how, um, you know, she's my age or she was my age when she had passed away and she was running across the street to help a friend and got hit by a car. And I remember her dad said at the event that we were at in Nashville, he said, I didn't know the day that Haley Sue was over my house that that was going to be the last day I was going to see her or hug her because you just don't. And this is not to to scare people or to make people um, like rush to go do something, but it's definitely a, a reminder to, number one, relish in your blessings. You know, the people in your life, life is too short to hold on to bitterness. There is a difference between being bitter and having boundaries, right? So there could be people in your life who have extremely hurt you. And you might be thinking, oh, well, you know, they really hurt me. And so, like, I'm never going to talk to them again, yada, yada, yada. That's, that's what I believe bitterness is. Boundaries is they really hurt me. I'm not going to share certain information with them. I'm going to have healthy healthy parameters and maybe not confide in them or or maybe limit my time seeing them but the the pain they caused me I'm not going to hold on to that why because life is short and because the pain and the anxiety and the depression that somebody is casting onto you is deeply rooted in something they're going through so when you look at loss and you look at somebody that you know I you bottom line is, is you don't want to look at somebody and go, I wish I would have forgiven them. I wish I would have said, I love you. I wish I would have done this. I wish you don't want to live in that type of regret. And if you do feel that way, there is a solution. Number one, that you shouldn't live in regret and, and live in that space. And you should relish and cherish the memories that you have with that person that were good because in, in your mind, you can, you can remember things the way that you want, Right. So you can have a conversation with somebody. Let's say I'm having a conversation with a parent and we had a really big fight, but at the end it was really, really awesome because we ended up expressing something that we felt towards each other that we really needed to hear. Or we ended up encouraging them and building them up. I have the, I have the choice to make to remember that moment with that parent and, and mark it by the 25 minutes of anger and negativity and stress and strife or the last 15 minutes of beauty. And so you also have that choice with your lost loved one to sit there and not relish in that and go, okay, I'm not going to remember the bitterness and anger and regret and resentment that I have. I'm going to remember the good times. And so that is something that you can do. But kind of going back to life being short is, um, you guys know that I'm big in my faith and wanting other people to have a relationship with Jesus. And every single time death as a conversation resurfaces or comes about and I hear about it, I think about like the only the only glory that death really has is the fact that it was conquered. Like the way that death went down in history was that it was defeated, right? Not that it ever won. And so we're in the in-between right now where we see people and they're, they're passing away. Like they're, they're, yeah, I can't argue that. Like they are not here on earth anymore. 
But we know that Jesus conquered death and that um, that his spirit, if we, if we receive it, like he lives inside of us and that we have a hope for a future. And there is something just so beautiful about clinging on to that hope. And that is what should fuel our actions and our reactions and our behavior here on earth. If you're not a Christian and you don't quote unquote buy into all of this stuff, then this this isn't for you. But if you are a Christian, you know, we have this beautiful, beautiful, joyful responsibility, as my dad would say, um, to respond and react in such a glorious and beautiful way because of the way that he responded and reacted to us. And if your image of God is that he is this, he's angry with you or has a clenched fist or is like frustrated with how you're created, that is a false gospel. Because he created you and loves you and knows you. And he honors the way that you were created. And he has good things for you and grace for you and comfort for you in your time of need. And so I guess the biggest thing that I would say is is going back to the life is short. I spent a few years in my young adult life. And I'm not that old. I'm only 26. But, you know, like your first few years out of college you're like swimming around like what am I doing like I was sold a bill of goods that I was going to get a job and now I'm paying off loans and now I have to act like I have it together somehow um that's just like my 22 to 20 whatever five-year-old range there but something I've learned I compared a lot you know my friends were married and having kids and buying homes and and, and doing doing the thing, right? You know, every post was like an ultrasound and every post was like an engagement. Every post was like, we closed on our house. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm literally doing nothing. I mean, not that I'm doing nothing, but I'm like, I'm like bartending over here. I mean, and gallivanting to Europe, but this is pre-Europe. Europe is like my standard now for everything. I'm like, hmm, I went to Europe. But in all seriousness, I spent a lot of time toiling and frustrated and angry and it wasn't even like I was like in love or engaged to be married and like wanted to be married like it was just kind of one of those things where I was like "Mm, you know what sounds good bitterness frustration confusion you know comparison and comparison we've heard a lot is the thief of joy and the more that I've really just kind of stepped back and, and and reflected a little bit more and sat in some gratitude I'm like, number one, thank you, Lord, that I'm not married. Thank you, Father God, because we'd both be dead because I'm a handbasket of crazy. Um, but not even that, but just, you know, I look at the last year or so of my life and the gifts that I've been given, and I'm like, this is it. This is amazing. This is a gift from God. This is something that he and I get to do together, it's something that nobody can take away from me. And that's not to say marriage I'm not creating a contrast like, oh, I'm better because I'm not. I'm just saying I was able to kind of shift by the grace of God and my thinking to be like, this is such a good gift from God this season. And I think it just kind of goes back to, to gratitude, right? You know, you can be sitting in a situation right now that you're not overly enthralled with. Maybe your business is kind of going under or maybe your marriage is struggling or maybe your kid sucks because kids suck. I mean, I don't have them, but like I've seen it. <laughs> Right? I mean, honestly. Thank you, Marshall, for agreeing with me. Your kid could suck. And, um, you know, things could be hard with your in-laws and whatever. You name it. And it is so easy 
to, to look to your left and to your right and to just be like, if I had this, then I would be feeling this way. Or if I lived her life or if I lived his life or if my kid acted like their person's kid or if I didn't have this crappy parent or if I didn't have this, you know, psycho ex, I would be X, Y, and Z. And instead of if I would, then I would, or if I could, then this would happen, looking at your life and going, okay, this is the life I've been given. Lord, please help me view this life in the light of who you are and the gifts that you've given me. And literally life is just so much better when you start to look at it like that. And I haven't figured it out, but I can for sure say that I feel like I am just in a shower of his blessings in my life right now. And it didn't always feel that way. And my feelings are not, are not indicators of the truth. Feelings are indicators. Feelings indicate that something is going on within you or around you. You know, if somebody hurts your feelings, that's valid. I'm not saying that feelings aren't real. But feelings are not indicators of the truth, right? And so last year, and I talked about it pre not pre, why did I want to say pre-COVID? It's like everything centers around freaking COVID and this has nothing to do with COVID. Um, I talked about this in my last podcast a little bit about how I struggled and how I struggled, I think I said this, but if not, here's some news, how I struggled mentally for for a while. Um, and I had never struggled like that before. So I was like, what is this? It's almost like a foreign object. It's like, what is this parasite going on right now? Like it's attacking the way that I operate. It's like hijacking my faith and it's hijacking the way I think about things soundly. And I was like, where the heck did my Brooke's brain go? And that's honestly like how I felt for a while. And so to be on the other side of it and nothing really circumstantially changed for me to get to the other side. Now that I am on the other side and things are fun and exciting and I feel like I'm not being ridden down by anxiety or mental health issues, I'm just like, oh my gosh, if I would have behaved or done something based on my feelings a year ago, I wouldn't be here today enjoying the gifts that I've been given today. And so your feelings cannot be your master, okay? So when it says, who's your daddy? Not your feelings, that's for dang sure. That ain't your master. Because if, like I said, I was in such a a lull where it was like I was having to be talked off ledges every other day. You know, I was having to get counsel and I was having to get encouragement from friends and and really just struggling with some certain things, which maybe one day I'll open up a little bit more about that. But I mean, it was just dark. And I've never, I've never like I said, experienced that. And I just remember kind of full circle going back to Europe because everything revolves around Europe right now, is when I was at the Adele concert, I'm like, oh my goodness, thank you, Lord. Because I'm sitting here in full joy and full expectancy where in this day last year, I was ridden by anxiety. And it felt like an elephant was just sitting on my chest. And I felt like my world was caving in. I was believing lies that people didn't love me, that people didn't like me, that people were just tolerating me, that I had lost all my gifts, that I've lost it. I was just believing the enemy's lie after lie after lie after lie. And I was feeding it. And it didn't matter how many people told me that wasn't the truth. I was like, well, then you must be lying because you're not, you're not, you're not going along with the narrative that Brookie's thinking right now. But now that I'm like out of it, I'm like, what? I was crazy. Number one. Number two, 
thank you, Lord, for being steadfast because my emotions were not. And so needless to say, life is short. Do not, do not, do not, do not let your emotions be your master. And I guess that would be where I write it down and where I should probably land the plane here is do not let your emotions be your master. Because if you do, you will end up in more ruin. You will end up in more confusion and you will end up hurting people and hurting yourself. So emotions have its place, right? Just like your shoes have a place, just like your clothes have a place. You don't wear them all at the same time, right? You put them back away where they belong. You don't see me wearing a turtleneck and sandals and boots and and a scarf and jeans and shorts all at the same time just because, well, they're mine, right? That's what we do with our emotions. We wear them. They're mine. It's how I feel. It's, it's what must be true. No, put those dang things back in the closet and organize it and get it together and wear what's appropriate for the day. Amen. Hallelujah. And I don't think I'm wearing what's appropriate for the day because it is so hot in here. But anyways, thank you so much for coming to my TED Talk today. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. Thank you for journeying alongside of me for 74 episodes. We're still chugging along. We're still kicking. Consistency is key. Um, whether it's two people, 20 people, or 200,000 people that ever listen to my show, I'm still honored that you tune in to listen and that you support me and encourage me and love me where I'm at. And if you get the chance, fly overseas. If that scares you, watch a good movie. I don't know. You know, listen, but your emotions are not your master. And thanks for listening to the Write It Down podcast. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to Woodpod. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.